0: Luke chapter 4, Jesus has returned from the temptations and the power of the Spirit. He's visited synagogues. He goes back home to Nazareth, and he's attending a church service there. And I'll get into the details of this, but the book of Isaiah, the prophet, is delivered to him. He finds a particular place, Luke four eighteen, Jesus begins to read the Bible publicly in a Jewish synagogue. It reads, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And I have a feeling when he read that, he read it with an authority like it had never been read since it was written over 700 years prior to that time. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken hearted to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. He closed the book, and gave it again to the minister, and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day, Is this scripture fulfilled in your ears? This day. Is this scripture fulfilled in your ears? I want to preach a little while on that theme. This day. God bless you. Please be seated. Amen. Well, God is good all the time. all time. All the time. God is good. Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. That's what the old timers saying. Every day with Jesus, I love him more and more. Every day is a happy day, they say, when you put it in the hands of the Lord. God is good all the time. The writer of Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? Every day when you wake up, you can declare what Psalm 118.24 declared. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Rainy day, sunny day. Good day to you, bad day to you. Rich, poor, better, worse. Amen. This is the day that the Lord has made. And your attitude makes all the difference because you can choose to rejoice and be glad in that day. Amen. Amen. Jeremiah and the lamentations of Jeremiah said that his mercies and compassions, they fail not. They are new every morning, every day when you wake up. You can be thankful that God is good all the time. This is a day the Lord has made. You can rejoice and be glad in it. God has never had a bad day. He's never had an off day. Never went back to the house after work. and said, well, I was a little off today. Wasn't really on my game today. God never has days like that. But while every day with God is a good day, Not every day in God's plan is a notable day where his plan that has been unfolding is fulfilled in a single day. That's why the writer Paul told us in Galatians 6 and 9 to be not weary in well doing. Amen. Keep doing the right thing for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Don't Quit doing good in time. That harvest is going to be produced. And you're going to reap what you sowed a long time ago. Amen. So sometimes there's an unfolding process. Doesn't happen overnight. Amen. In the days of Noah. The Lord told Noah there's going to be a flood. It will destroy the entire earth. Noah preached about that. For maybe over a hundred years. He built an ark. And while God's promise and prophecy was true from the moment he spoke it, it wasn't raining. So it was true, but it didn't come to pass. The Bible says that the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a preparing. But there was a day when Noah and his family got on the ark. There was a day when the Lord shut the door and the rain began to fall and the fountains of the deep began to open up. The Bible said it was in the 600th year of Noah's life in the second month, in the 17th day of the month. So there is a day. And Noah could have looked out the window of the ark and said, this day is everything I preached about to you come to pass. This day is this scripture fulfilled In your ears. I want you to see the distinction between the unfolding of God's plan and the day when God says, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. The children of Israel, the people of God, were in Egyptian bondage for some 430 years from the time the prophecy was issued that God initially spoke to Abraham. Israel became slaves. They suffered. They cried out to God, but God seemed to do nothing. God had a plan to bring all of Egypt to its knees. But while God allowed time to pass, Israel continued to suffer day by day. But on that first Passover night, when the angel of death passed through the land of Egypt, all the days of waiting made sense. All the days of suffering made sense because it was in that night and in that day that God delivered all his people out of Egyptian bondage. Amen. I would like to tell you today that you may think these will never change, but it will change. God has a day of deliverance that he will bring to his people. Amen. It is my mission today to encourage you to not miss this moment. It is my mission today to encourage you to not be asleep at the wheel while God is doing something great in our midst. Israel had been in Babylon, the people of Judah, for 70 years. And when God turned again their captivity... They said we were like them that dreamed. We didn't really believe it. We couldn't believe it was happening, that God really did what he said he would do. It seemed too good to be true, but it was what God had promised, and on that day, it came to pass. The birth of Jesus was prophesied about all the way back in the Garden of Eden, And with the very first sin, in Genesis 3.15, the Lord promised that a seed of the woman, a descendant of the woman, would bruise the head of the serpent. But decades, centuries, millennial rolled on, and nothing seemed to happen. Throughout the Old Testament, every prophecy that pointed ahead to the Messiah, seemed like it may not come to pass. But there was a prophecy that was given in the Psalms when the Lord said, thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. There was a day when the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary and that which was conceived in her was of the Holy Ghost. Paul wrote in Galatians, that when the fullness of time was come, that God sent forth his son, made of a woman, and made under the law. With all of that waiting... There was a day in Bethlehem that baby Jesus was born and all the waiting was over and Christ came into the world to save sinners. Amen. I want you to see that it doesn't go on and on forever, that in due season you do reap, that God has a time to bring his plan to pass. We live in the church age, the church dispensation. But in Romans eleven twenty five, Paul said that there will be the fullness of the Gentiles that will come in. Paul also wrote that there will be a day when the Lord is going to come and take his people away. The writer of Hebrews said, he that shall come will come, and he will not tarry. You may think that the coming of the Lord has been put off from ever, but one of these days the Bible said that in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Be not weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. You can keep on keeping on knowing that there's a this day for your life and for the church and for this church and for this church. And I believe that this day, this season in the history of Atlanta West Pentecostal Church is a significant season where the prophecies, the promises, The labor that has gone on since our inception in a basement in 1961 that God is bringing together something significant for our time. And again, it is my mission to make sure that we don't miss it, that we are not asleep at the wheel, that we don't miss this moment when God is doing something significant and special in our church. I don't throw this out lightly. I don't say this unless I feel it strongly. But I believe we're living in a prophetic fulfillment of what God is doing. Amen. You can preach about love every day, and it's always good. You can preach about God's salvation. It's always true. But what I'm saying today is either 100% right or 100% wrong. I would not stand here and put my life and reputation on the line. But I'm saying to you that there is a voice that has come from God that is saying this day, this day, this day. This scripture fulfilled in your ear. I'm doing something in your day, in this season, in the life of this church. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Praise God. That's God's big story. Seems to be painfully slow unfolding. And then in a moment, just like that, it comes to pass. Amen. Luke 4 begins with the temptations of Jesus. The initiation of his earthly ministry. He comes out of the wilderness being tempted of the devil. And he comes in the power of the spirit. He begins to visit those local Jewish churches. The synagogues. And teaching and preaching there. And then on this particular Saturday, Sabbath day. Luke 4, 16 says, And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. Now I want to point out a couple practical things. Jesus went to church. God in flesh attended in person. He was everywhere omnipresent. But he physically went to church. The Bible said that it was his custom. Amen. Going to church for him was non-negotiable. He did it his whole life. He did it in his earthly ministry. Not just periodically when it was convenient for him. When it wasn't raining. But he went to church. Amen. And when you went to synagogue, the Bible was read. There was an Old Testament reading from the law, the Pentateuch, and there was a reading from the prophets. Evidently, the reading from the law had already been done by someone else, and now it was time in that church service for the reading from the prophets. Jesus stood up and volunteered to read, and the attendant, or maybe the ruler of the synagogue, appointed the attendant to bring a scroll of Scripture to Jesus. It just so happened, not really just so happened, it happened that it was the book of Isaiah. And Jesus found a particular verse in his Bible and the Old Testament. It would be Isaiah 61 and 1. In the New Testament, Luke 4 18. Jesus found the place and he started reading. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. I couldn't help but when I was reading the text to say I kind of feel like they felt something in that moment. This is different than we've ever heard. And he tells his mission. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, To preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. This was the mission of the Messiah prophesied about 700 years before by Isaiah and Jesus read it and said that this spirit is upon me. Verse 20. He closed the book, gave it again to the minister, and he sat down. And when he did, the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. It made me think of how I felt before in a really small town going in a restaurant when everybody is so curious and everyone's eyes were fastened on me and my wife or whoever was there. But they knew Jesus. He grew up there. But this felt different. Now later they would reject him. They would say this is Jesus. He grew up here. We know his mother and his brothers and his sisters. But something fascinating is happening. And there's a little side note to this sermon. That when Jesus stopped reading and closed the book and sat down. He read about his first coming But he paused before there was a phrase about his second coming. Isaiah 61 and 2, the very next phrase after the acceptable year of the Lord is the day of vengeance of our God. Over 2,000 years separated those phrases. But Jesus did not come to condemn the world. He came that the world through him might be saved. Amen. He will come another time to judge the world. But he shut the book and that exact pause and sat down. And everybody looked at him. And then verse 21. And Jesus, he began to say to them, This day. Now I know you've already got this, but you have to think about what this meant. This day. Is this scripture fulfilled? In your ears, I know you've heard this scripture many times. It's a significant prophecy from the book of Isaiah, that silver-tongued orator who was used so mightily of God, a a major prophet. Isaiah wrote his book between seven forty one and seven o one BC. So I already mentioned it, but about seven hundred years, this prophecy has been sitting on the shelf. It has always been true, but has not ever been relevant until this precise moment. For 700 years, God allowed this verse with all of its power to be held back until this moment. Amen. There is imagery in this passage of the year of Jubilee, that 50th year of release that God allowed in Israel, he mandated in Israel. All the captives would go free. All the debts would be forgiven. All the land would revert to its initial owner. And all the people would take the year off to celebrate. It was a year of Jubilee. And Jesus said, this day is this scripture Fulfilled in your ears. All the jubilees that have ever been celebrated have come into culmination right now. What you read about back in Leviticus 25 is happening right now. This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Amen. There's got to be a time in our lives that we realize it is not yesterday and it is not tomorrow. It is today that God is working in us. And we should be ready to embrace what God is doing now. This day. This day. Not all days are equal. Not all seasons in the life of a church are the same. There's a lot of mundane days. A lot of grinded out days. A lot of days that you just live faithfully for God. According to my best calculations, I've served as pastor here for 27 years and almost seven months. Since August 31st, 1995. In case you're wondering, it's about 1,435 weeks. 10,045 days. And I would like to say like Jacob said when he worked seven years for Rachel that it seemed unto him but a few days. But sometimes you feel like Jacob when he woke up the next morning and instead of Rachel, it was Leah. It wasn't what you thought it was. But we'll leave Jacob back there in the Old Testament. God has been good to us. And I wanna say a few things that, I hope you don't misunderstand me, I'm not patting myself on the back, I am thanking God for the assurance of his will. In the 10,045 days we've served here, there's never been one day that we have ever questioned that we are in the will of God serving Atlanta West. Not one day. Not one day before we came, When God confirmed it, not one day when you were praying about the vote, we believed it was the will of God for us to serve here. If my wife and I were voting yes and no, we would say that there's 10,045 yeses and there's not a zero no. We are unanimous that this is the will of God to serve this church and to take this church to the promises of God. We're unanimous in that. You see, you cannot do the will of God just with the burden. You should have a burden. You need to have a call. For 16 years, I served on the Global Missions Board, and missionary candidates would come in to meet the board for application to serve in Global Missions. Brother G.A. Mangan, when he was alive, sat on that board, and almost every candidate, he kind of had a way of doing his hand like that, you know. Brother Grayson was filled with the Holy Ghost in Alexandria, and Brother Mangan would look at those candidates, and he would say, do you have a burden, or do you have a call? He said, you know, a burden can lift, but a call will keep you when you don't feel a burden. I thank God I know the call of God and the burden that comes with it, but I don't question the call of God. Amen. But not all of those 10,045 days that the Lord has made have been equal. Some days have been better than other days. I know you're not supposed to say it was a bad day, but it was not as good a day as other days. Some days, you didn't feel like they were what you wanted them to be. Amen? I like special days. When you look back on your life, when you reflect on where you've been, You're probably not going to remember every day. You're going to remember the really good days. You're going to remember the really bad days. The highs and lows of life. I love to have special days that remind us of the goodness of God in all the in-between days. Not all seasons are equal. Not all days are equal in the life of our church. We have seen some significant days since our inception and in the last 27 years. Right after I came, there was a lower parking lot that was clay and it rained about every other day. And it was a muddy mess, but the board and I discussed it. We borrowed some money and we paved the lower parking lot in the first year. In 1998, we paid the mortgage on this building off. We burned it on January 4th. 1998. Thank God for that. In 2001, yeah, you can celebrate that. Those of you who are here, it was a significant moment. 8,300 dollars a month taken care of. Praise God. 2001, finished the Family Life Center. 2014, remodeled the sanctuary. Started AWPC 2.0, new paradigm of two services and. And children's ministry. 2018, we paid off the Family Life Center December 21st. 2023, it's time to build again. Amen. We've had some significant markers. I believe it's time to build again. You voted for it. Amen. 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 Pardon me for just kind of going right past that. It's a big deal. We've had some significant markers in our church from 2005 to 2010. In two services back then, our average attendance grew by exactly 300. I remember the first time on a big day we had more than 1,000 people in church, 1,008. We had little flags made up. It was a celebration of a big moment. None of us who were here We'll ever forget how God moved and how sweet the sound. And hundreds and hundreds of guests came to experience the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. When we launched 2.0 and back to two services, that was amazing. And the remodeling of our sanctuary. In our church, we are continually fixing it all the time. Painting, remodeling, updating, making it better. We had some people at launch who told us how great our sound is. It's because we invest a lot in the experience. The Bible asks the question, how shall they hear without a sound system? Wait, (laughs) how shall they hear without a preacher? (laughs) Since 1996, we've welcomed 20,662 guests in church for the very first time. Amen. Thank God for the 20,000 people who have come to church to visit. 2,250 have been filled with the Holy Ghost since 2000 to the end of last year. 2,813 baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ since 1998. Thank God for that. Thank God that you've given $6.9 million to world missions. Hey, we need to raise about that much money or more. So we've given that away. So why not let God bless us with that plus more? Thank you for the $3.7 million, almost $3.8 million given to past capital campaigns. God has been good to us all my life. I know, you know, I'm a saint's kid. I never asked God to let me be a preacher. When he started calling me, I never dreamed I could. But I had the giftings, the ability to do this. And of course I didn't, because our sufficiency is of God and not of ourselves. Without him you can do nothing. But I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. God has been good to Atlanta West Pentecostal Church. Some of you have gone to the valley of the shadow of death. You've had premature funerals. You've battled sickness. You've been through financial duress. But all my without equivocation that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness neither shadow of turning God has been good to us this is the day that the Lord has made I will rejoice I choose to rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. 10,045 days. But I'm just telling you. That this day. Not this precise. March 26th. But this season. And the history of our church. Is significant. It is like other seasons in our church. When all the work and all the prayer came together for another big move, another big season of growth. And this day, I feel like the Lord spoke to me to let me know, to preach this today, that there are some days that you've just got to nail it down. It's not yesterday. It is not tomorrow. It is this day. In the last 10,045 days, we pursued relocation. 2007, didn't work out. We toured a facility in 2020, the week of COVID. It didn't work out. In the last 10,045 days, our trustee board, the people that serve on our team and ministry, we have tried to stretch and reach and pray and ask God what we should do. In 2018, we had a series of next meetings when then because of the setback boundaries, we concluded that we could not build here. But guess what? Now we can. There have been days. That have gone by like the prophecies of Isaiah. 700 years or so. It seemed like it didn't come to pass. But on that day when Jesus stood up for to read. And he spoke of his mission. He said this day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. It was like the day of Pentecost that was fully come. And all the hundreds of prophecy came true in that one service. My mission today is to make sure that we are not asleep at the wheel that we don't miss this moment that we're not like Martha whose brother was dead and Jesus came to their house and Martha said Jesus if you would have been here our brother would not have died lord yesterday was better than today our past is better than our present. And then Jesus said, your brother will rise again. And Martha wisely said, Lord, I believe in the resurrection. I know that in the last day, my brother is going to rise again. She went from the past to the future and she skipped right over the present. But Jesus looked at Martha, John eleven twenty five, 25, and he said to her, I am. I am the resurrection and the life. I have come to raise your brother from the dead. Not tomorrow, not yesterday, but today. But it is all too typical of human nature to put the best days in the past or to hope for the future. But again, my mission today is to help us look at what God is doing now. That this day is a day of prophetic fulfillment in Atlanta West Pentecostal Church. We are awake at the wheel. We will not miss our moment. Amen. This day. This day. The Bible says that today is a day of salvation. Sometimes God walks into your life. And it's not just a saying that's good every day. It's only good that day. Lazarus was resurrected. At the end of Jesus' ministry. People are wanting to kill Lazarus because he's evidence. And then Jesus passes through Jericho. On his way to the cross, he will never go there again. There's a wee little man we used to sing in Sunday school. His name was Zacchaeus. Some people call him Zacchaeus. Jesus is passing by and crowds of people are lining the streets and Zacchaeus can't see over the crowd. I know you think I relate. Zacchaeus was small, but he was smart. He could climb and he climbed up a sycamore tree so he could see over people. Sometimes you've got to get over people to see Jesus. Got over people to see Jesus. And Jesus stopped and looked up in the tree. Said, Zacchaeus, come down. I must abide at your house today. I'm going home with you. I'm hungry and you're fixing lunch. Zacchaeus. Received him gladly. Others murmured. Jesus is going to be the guest of a sinner. Zacchaeus got in front of Jesus. And he said Lord. He basically repented. All of my goods. I'll give them away to the poor. If I've taken anything unjustly. I'll restore it fourfold. And Jesus looked at Zacchaeus. Luke 19.9. And Jesus said unto him. This day. Is salvation come to this house. For as much as he is the son of Abraham, for the son of man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. That day was a day of salvation for Zacchaeus. And I can't miss this moment to preach to those of you who may not be in a right relationship with God. You do not have tomorrow, but you have right now. You may think you need to know more and hear more and think about it for another week or a month or a year or a decade, but I've come to preach to this church that this is our day, and I've come to preach to you that this is the day of salvation to you. Do not let this moment pass you by. Do not let it pass you by. My mission today is to make sure we don't miss this moment. That we are praying. That we are reading through a devotion. That we are opening our heart to God to see what he is saying to us. And this vision campaign, there will be a lot of giving, but there will be a lot of growing spiritually. Our mission is not to build a building. Our mission is to reach people. A building is a tool to reach people. Giving is a means to building buildings. But this campaign is focused on the mission of our church. But if we somehow think that our best days are behind us, or if we think that our best days are some someplace in the distant future, we will miss this day. So would you pray with me right now? And will you ask God to not let you be asleep at the wheel, to not miss this day. Let's pray. Would you pray with me right now, Lord God? That's right. Lift your voice and pray. Everyone, everywhere. Praise God. In Jesus' name today, Lord, I pray that if someone in this house is not saved, that they would turn from sins and repentance today. God, that's it. Pray. Pray right now. Let's pray right now, Lord God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, oh God. Hallelujah.